Welcome to episode 102 of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. So you might have noticed that this week's intro uh, doesn't have any music. Well, that's because we were contacted by a listener who so kindly and so eloquently wrote us a nice, um, very detailed explanation of why they didn't like the music, I guess, you know, uh, the intro. And we get it. We So my dad and I talked for a while and... Uh, we decided that we're no longer going to play music for the intro to our podcasts. Because um, it's childish. Yeah, you know, it's for 14-year-olds, apparently. The music is for 14-year-olds, and real guy, real guys around their workbench don't need music. So um, that's what we're going to decide to do. And uh, you know what? F*** that. We're going to play some music. Here we go. All right, welcome back. This is episode 102 of the Benchtime Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. We're playing music, damn it. We're going to play some music every time, every episode. We're going to have an intro song. We try to, yeah. and I try to mix it up. I get some, I get some, blue, yeah, you, I get blues and everything. rock and metal and, and jazz and ca- crazy stuff. I go all I over the place. tried about everything. So we're going to continue to put 14 seconds or less of a track as our intro because it's fun. And yeah. uh yeah, I mean and if you can't whatever. get through 14 seconds of an intro song because you know that's for children, then yeah. you're going to miss out yeah. on a lot of great information from a lot of our guests and you're going to miss out on all the funny crap that my dad and I have to say to each other. So so yeah. be it. Yeah. Hope you hope everyone else enjoys our zany music from time to time. It's just a small part of the show and it only lasts for 15 seconds, so uh there it is. Anyways, we're moving on. Moving I on. Bit my, I bit my tongue through that whole thing. You did. I know. You wanted to say so much more harsh things. Oh, my gosh. We had to retake. We did. We retook it. My dad went for some low blows, but yeah. that's okay. All right. Moving on. So the first thing that we got to talk about this week is the uh, fine scale bullhorn. That's the news of the week. Um submitted to podcast at hoscalecustoms.com you can message us on our facebook page you can put it you can post it to our facebook page as well or like i said email probably works the best for that but we have a little bit of news to go through for our fine scale bullhorn so i'm gonna let my dad lead it off with an announcement about george selios's stuff oh yeah well i got a message here uh and we were asked i guess george asked uh um, Dave Kuzwick, uh, who contacted me, I guess there's going to be a, George is having an open house on the, I guess that's the, um, sorry, started it. <laughs> I'm not starting this whole thing over. Uh, you can just no, get no, it right. Just cut that part. Mark that. Jesus. Because I have to no. pull it up. I'll All right. Uh, you just keep talking. I'm not, I'm not doing any cuts, any more cuts. Really? Yeah. I'm just going to talk about my message. And when you got it, I'll be, you can cut back in. So we have doo, 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 uh, a news from George Files. He wanted to uh, share that he's been building the Railroad.com Scalehouse kit that he won from us a couple months ago, a RailroadKits.com uh, kit. Uh He's been following the new YouTube series about building craftsman kits, and the plan is to post photos of each step of his build along the way. So um, one post right. per video. 
So I'm looking forward to seeing what you have, George. I know that, uh, listen, you guys don't have to share like industry news either. If you guys want to share what you're working on, go for it. I mean, that's exciting. It's, if it's your own news, send us an email. We'll talk about it. Go ahead, Dad. Okay. Well, here, again, uh, George Celios, uh, at George's request, this is, I'm reading it from Dave's post to me. Yeah. Uh, would you be willing to, yes, he wants us to hype the black, uh, Friday open house on the next bullhorn, which is today. Yep, and uh, that'll be on open Friday eleven. Uh, open uh, on Bla- open house on Black Friday. Oh, you're 11, you're just like you're Butchered just you're just knocking this one out of the park. It's nine nine a.m. to noon. Okay, at, uh, in Peabody, Massachusetts. Peabody. Yeah, Peabody, Massachusetts, <laughs> at nine to noon on on the November the twenty ninth on Black Friday. Um, it's an open house again at George Celios's. He, he gotta go. If you don't have, if you're in that area or you're going to that area or you're traveling through that area for Thanksgiving, um, you might want to stop in and visit. Uh, and if you're interested in that, uh, location or address, um, we can, you can contact us through HSCO customs and we can get that to you. I don't really want to read that off of the. Yeah, uh, no, that's, the that's fine. If you're seriously consider going, and you're going to go there, I will help you out and and, and you know get you directions to get there. Right. So nice. Um, other than that, that's uh, yeah, it's it's it should be. Uh, he it's really cool that he's opening it up again. He's been doing it a lot lately on Saturdays, and uh, this one's going to be on a Friday, obviously. But um, yeah, I think it, it, I think it's really cool. If you've never seen it, make sure you get a chance to go and. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, we have another announcement from uh, one of our listeners, Eli. Eli N. Yeah. We'll just do Eli yeah. N. He has been um, feeding me a bunch of uh, cool tips and tricks via email. So, Eli, uh, I know you've sent me a bunch of emails. We've been communicating for quite a while. Uh, I will post some of your tips. Um, and if you send me a couple more photos here, I'll, I'll, I'll attach that with that and credit you. But he's been sending me a bunch of tips. I think a bunch of them are very uh, cool and useful. So uh, we'll share those on our blog here in the next, probably within the next couple of days. So, and you had another one, Dad, that was sent to us on the messenger, didn't you? Yeah, uh, it's. We'll put a link up for it as well. Um, but it is um, uh, this guy is Bill Banta. Got in touch with me. And uh, not Bill Banna, I guess it's uh, Nathan Klein in conjunction with Bill Banna uh, at Model uh, Bill uh, Banna Model Works. Uh-huh. Uh, they're trying to produce an HO skill um, East Broadtop Railroad structures, and they're taking pre-orders uh, for our first kits. He says, and the machines, the machine and car shop. So let me run that by again. It's Bill Banna and Nathan Klein. Uh, a band of model works are going to work together to produce HO scale East Broadtop railroad structures, and they're taking pre-orders for their first kit, uh, the machine and car shop. I went and checked it out on their website, and it is it is really spectacular looking. It's not a kit; they have photos of the actual building, and it's going to be a badass railroad side structure. Um, when they get it done, I guess they're doing pre-orders. You can order it. I guess directly from the uh, website, which is uh, broad broad top dot com. Broad top 
Um, we'll put the link up as well and go check it out and you'll see what they're talking about. So nice. I think this is going to be my favorite part of the show going forward because I just love listening to you read announcements. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like, it's, it's so funny. So, well, I wasn't really prepared for it, but I, I guess I should. I, I, that's okay. I, I will work harder. At, I will work harder at preparing my my announcements. We'll get you a teleprompter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our fine scale bullhorn seg- segment of the show. Uh, if you guys want to submit a announcement, you can email us at podcast at hoscalecustoms dot com or send us a direct message on our Facebook page. That's hoscale customs. So my dad wanted to gripe a little bit. So we're going to get his gripe out of the way this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, then we're going to roll on from there. All right. Oh, to... wait. Before you do that, we got one more. We got a couple more announcements. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I'm going to cut you off. We have uh, two new patrons since the last show. We got Chris oh, yeah. Chris M. and Daryl H. Um since that was since our last show. So yes, thanks a lot, thank you guys. You. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Thank you for joining our Patreon page. You should have access to the uh, Overtime at the Bench Facebook page and our Overtime um, podcasts, which yeah. we'll be putting a new one out here in the next day or two. Well, by the time you listen to this, it'll already be out. Um, if you guys want access to those things as well as a couple other goodies, you can head on over to hoscalecustoms.com forward slash support or patreon.com forward slash hoscalecustoms and join a bunch of other, I don't know, we got like 53 patrons in there now. It's a, it's a, it was, when we started out the Facebook group, it was like slow <laughs> to get started because there's only, yeah. you know, 10, 12 people in it. But now it's booming because we got a lot of people in there talking. So, yeah, um, and, and we got some topics from those guys we're going to hit a little bit later. So if you want access to that, you can head on over to those URLs and uh, check out, check out what that's all about. Now let's get back into my dad's bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, um, now, I don't know how you buy your X-Acto blades, but when I go to, like, AC Moore or Michaels or wherever, um, Hobby Lobby, you can always buy, the you know, the pack of five or pack of, uh, pack of 15. They have a pack of five number 11 blades or a pack of 15 number, of le- le- number 11 blades. <laughs> yeah. The number 11 blades that have 15 to them come in a little black box. Okay, it says Exacto on the top, and it has like a disposable uh, compartment inside it with a, like a slit you can slide the old one into, and it safely disposes of it into the plastic box. And then spring-loaded mechanism that disperses each blade one by one. I don't know if you ever bought any of them, Brett. But I have. Okay, and I'm sure every modeler that we're, we're familiar with has done that. Um, I, I I usually buy them. Okay. But recently, AC Moore, I'm um, you know, sorry, I do love that store. However, they have another product. I don't know who even makes it, but if you see it in there, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a box. It's almost identical in size. It actually is identical in size. It has 10 blades, I believe, and it costs like, I don't know, $5.95. It's cheaper than the, it's cheaper than the 15-blade one. And, um, but... Well, whatever it is, it's like six or seven dollars, I guess, or whatever. Uh, but it has ten blades instead of fifteen, and they're also number eleven size blades. So I picked it up because it was cheaper, and it's just a, it's in a clear box. You can actually see it. It's in a clear box. I don't know who 
exactly makes it. It doesn't say on the on the box. Uh-huh. It just says new sharp blades on the side. So anyways, I bought it. And I started using these blades while I was building the um, uh, FSM Baxter's building supply. And what she uses, you know, we use a lot of blades on that because you're doing a lot of different buildings and a lot of different things that, you know, you'll, you'll have to cut with and keep refreshing your blades. However, these blades do not last. They were not sharp after using them just a couple times to cut some things. And then I was trying to cut through some card, regular, you know, card stock, like, uh, you know, the chipboard card stock. Uh, for like these for roofing materials or yeah. something like that, and it was it's not real thick chipboard, and it wouldn't even cut through it. I had to make like three or four passes to get through. Oh wow! With the knife blade, and um, and then of course I was trying to cut paper from paper signs, uh, with another one after I replaced it and started working with it on a different one, a different blade, and it wasn't cutting through the paper cleanly. And uh, now, like I said, I used it a little bit beforehand, but, it, you know, and when, they, when you first have them, they work great for about a couple cuts. And then after that, they're no longer, they're no longer hold their blade. With the X-Acto blade, I get much more life out of the X-Acto blade. Um, maybe that's why you paid more to begin with. Probably. But, yeah, but I'm just saying, don't get tricked into buying them. The other issue I was having with these are... The tips were breaking off. Oh my god, that is the easily. most frustrating thing about yep. Zacto knives is when you have a good yeah. one and you're like, oh yeah, you're like, all right, new blade, let's cut yeah. some stuff. And then like a, a ten minutes into working with it, you're like, you you and you can that you, that can happen on any blade. Ping. Yeah. No, I know, but any yeah. blade, and you hit something or you're doing whatever, and you put a little too much pressure on one spot, and then bing, yeah. there it goes, and now you yeah. And you know it's worthless at that point. Do you, you ever know? continue to cut for a little while with a with one, yeah, and you're like, oh, "This will be okay. I'll, I'll make this work." You know, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll hold on to it for a little while. It's still sharp, yeah. and then the whole time you're just getting frustrated because you're like, "This mother, mm, this yeah, blade." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so anyways, these were all breaking at their tips. I think I have like four or five left, and I don't know. I'm just I'm gonna stick them in there for an emergency only situation uh, in the drawer, but. Um, you know, the other issue I had was I had one of them literally snapped the the whole blade itself. All the way down to the it. inside of the shaft part? No it, no, it just broke in half. Oh. But I, I was applying a little bit of pressure, but it shouldn't have snapped like that. It wasn't like I applied haven't applied that pressure on the other blades the well, same way. Well, and then you wonder if you're not wearing, which everybody should be, because uh, we, we always do. But when you're wearing eye protection and you snap a blade, you must think... Well, man, if that hit my eye, yeah, <laughs> goodbye eye. Yeah, that thing exactly. would pop like a balloon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't so know I if think, eyeballs you know actually pop like balloons, but I think they. Yeah, I, I think they do. You yeah. just grossed me out a little bit. I almost got <laughs> sick a little bit. I know. So, but um, it's it's um yeah. I mean, it's my gripe. I mean, it, I'm not. It's not the store itself. It's the product and. Uh, the store self handles the regular exacto blades. Go get the regular exacto blade. Right. Yeah. So uh, get the exacto brand, in my opinion. Yeah. And, right. You know, I, I'm not going with no brand that I've never heard of. It's in a white package. It looks generic. It's like white with red like, and black print like and Acme blades. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was not. They weren't good. I mean, and, and I hate being that way. 
But I mean, I believe if you could find something cheaper, you could try and do something cheaper. But if it's gonna, if it's not gonna be effective, and if it's if it's gonna be lower quality, then I don't I don't want to deal with it. So it's lower quality, you know, to me. If That's you my get bitch. On, if you get on uh, Amazon, you can get a hundred and forty. Oh, they're not. No, you can't. Yeah. On Zacto, you can get an Zacto brand extra mm-hmm. life. Number eleven classic fine point blades, a hundred pack for eighteen bucks. Oh wow! That'd cover me wow. for life. Oh yeah. And there's Acto brand. Oh, or wow, or or you can take a gamble and roll the dice and get a hundred and forty of this Nibro brand N I B R O. Oh oh oh! I have used Excel brand and they oh, they're good. good. They're good. Yes. 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 This brand yeah, is Nibro or Nibro N I B R O. Uh, yeah, and we're not knocking them. They may be better than Exacto. For you all can get 140 of them for nine bucks. And they might be better than Exacto. They might be I made by Exacto. They might be. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt. Seriously, the ones I would use them were always. Still, a yeah, hundred of them for a hundred of them for eighteen dollars. And I'm, I'm thinking about after we hang up. After we hang up. After we do this podcast, I'm gonna. That would last me. I might years. order some. Yeah. Yeah. So eighteen bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. We'll put the link for that in our show description. Good idea. All right. Well. Um, so what are you consuming tonight? What am I consuming? I a coffee. Dingling light lager. I'm drinking a coffee. It's a light, yeah, light, a light lager. I'm drinking um, Folgers black coffee. All right. Well, let's get on to some modern river. Okay. All right. So I'll start with kind of what I was working on tonight and then, or not tonight, yeah. the other night, Monday night. And what I will be working on uh, going forward. Um, so I was doing some scenery around Sasson, uh-huh. uh Vinegar Works, and uh, got that set. I I had to the the land that we're putting. So the the buildings, the three buildings, fit together very well. Obviously, on a flat surface. Uh huh. Well, kind of like what Jason was saying when we were talking with him last week, where you have to make the building work with the landscape and not the other way around. Right. Well, where I'm putting it, it's not a hundred percent flat. So, because uh, I've built it up a couple places, I, I it's not very, it's not hilly, but it's just I made it look like regular terrain. So yeah. I had to kind of build up in addition to what was already down. I had to build up a little bit extra terrain in some spots to make the foundations of the buildings level, and mm-hmm. also to make the buildings match up with each other because they matched up on the workbench on a flat surface. But when I put them on the layout, which wasn't as flat. All three buildings didn't quite match exactly how they should have on a perfect surface. So I was tinkering around with that, got them set, um, got all the concrete down around it. The scenery is mostly done around it, but there's like a chain link fencing material that I have to do um, around it. It's just basically a screen they cut up and put in the box. So... I like the wood picket fences that you put up. Yeah, those are cool. Um, yeah. I can't do them on the other side yet because I have to build a little gate. I guess where, it's a plank fence. It's a plank fence. A plank fence. But yeah. I got. I only have it about halfway around because I have to put a gate in where the railroad track is embedded into the ground. Oh, okay. And I want to make it – It's not. that's not going to be an operational railroad track. Um, okay. It's not going to be an operational track. It's just – it's going to connect to the regular track, but it's just – it's just a dead. It's gonna be on a switch that's not operated. It's just gonna be dead. Right, right. Um, so, but I want there to be a gate there because it wouldn't. You wouldn't put a fence right over the the old track right. um, for this facility. So I'm gonna put that in. I have to do that. If it's, if we're gonna hook it up to a switch, and then run that as a spur, right? As a spur. 
a sprue or spur, yeah, spur. Yeah, spur it comes off of the, and it's going to be hooked onto the. It's going to ah, be. It'll connected. be powered then. Yeah, you're right. It might as well be powered at that point. But anyways, all I was trying to say was it's not going to be like a main part of the. We're not going to use layout. It, yeah, and uh, yeah. so so that's that's the next step. I got to build a little gate in front of that because I want to close it off. And open. I wanted it to be all be closed off and opened up to the main line. Okay, so, so if I if it's going to close off like that and it's got a gate across, well, it, I can make the gate open. Can, oh, okay. But anyways, I have to. It doesn't make sense to run the fence straight across the track. I got to build a gate there. Yeah. So the the original plans didn't call for that. So the fence that I made off the instructions w- didn't have a gate in it. So I'm going to take that one fence section and chop it up and make it into a couple sections and throw it in like like the middle parts of that fence open up. So yeah. that's it. I'm going to do that. Um, let me see. Oh, I was working on the, um, Ron's my mount models, the Paulser's plumbing as well. Yeah. And, uh, I didn't, I haven't done a video in a couple in like a week or two guys. Um, I was transitioning jobs and, it just with the chaoticness of a new job and different schedule and trying to figure everything out with that and letting the dust settle where I'm at now and getting an actual congratulations. By yeah. Way. Thanks. But, uh, yeah, just with all the chaos of that and changing my whole schedule up yeah. the last week or so when I was, or two, when I was getting home from that and wrapping up one job, starting a new job, by the time I got home, I was so zapped. I just fell asleep. I was not in the mood to I just had no time. So right, now that right. dust is settling where I'm at now, I will be resuming my, my video series that I was doing. It just came at a bad time um, to continue, and I will be resuming soon. But anyways, so I got the Yard Office number 4 kit that I'm also going to be continuing to do. That's about three quarters done. Um, the last video I did was that one with the brick walls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to, I, I, I have since repainted or since <laughs> painted the other three brick walls. Cause I didn't want to do a whole video where I did the same technique on four walls. It would lasted forever. So right, right. got those done. I got to finish up that video series and, um, I think that's it. So I got Paulser's assassin yard office from, um, FOS and then, Oh yeah. Exciting news. We got the, uh, the new, Rust Rock Falls kit in. Ah. So my dad yeah. and I were originally planning to do the terminal. We we started the terminal from last year. Right. Well yeah. got it like a day into it. Yeah. But we're gonna now split the kits up and my dad's gonna do Rust Rock Falls and I'm gonna continue working on the terminal, which we've already started. Um so we're gonna do both at the same time here over the winter. I'm not sure yeah. when that'll start, but we'll both be working on them simultaneously. So right. Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I want to get on that. I, I'm going to finish up Baxter's here in the next couple of nights or by this weekend. I thought I was going to have it done this last weekend. I did not. Um, just, just, you know, a lot of things going on. Oh, no, but, um, well, we got, we're got busy. So. Well, yeah, exactly. But I want to get it. I want to, Now I'm really getting anxious because I'm down to my last. Uh, uh, do you have more of stuff that you were doing? Uh, no, I'm going to be doing a video. F- um don't worry about that. We'll we'll continue on. Okay. So, anyways, I was doing the bastards, <laughs> and I'm I'm building the supply shed, which is really cool. Uh, the building itself has um, shingled walls, which is really neat. And uh, it's the old shingles like you get with a like you would get with a Campbell's kit. They come yeah. in a roll, and uh, so you have to individually lay them on all the walls, and it, they're very tight. 
Um, and then I did it, and then I kind of pried them up, make them up a, look like they're coming up a little bit, you know. And um, I did some really cool garage doors, and I put posts on uh, Facebook about photos of it and everything. Where we, I painted them up, and they, it weathered real, real nice with some, uh, you know, some staining on the bottom where the wood's starting to get old and rotted away at the bottom, and you know, uh, the paint peeling that kind of thing. It looks really sharp. And um, so I put them on, and uh, the building's looking real nice. Uh, I'm in. I have one little small shed now to do next to it. I got to finish up this uh, top of this building with a sign and everything else. It's coming along, and then it's just uh, scenic it out with the fine the, the the detail parts and the yeah. landscaping. So once I get the buildings part done, which should, should be the next night or two here, um, the scenic part out, I will do when I get some time. And when I feel like it, and then I'm going to get on another building. Because I'll have the building part done, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and I could do this other stuff when I get, you know, easily. When I, you know, have a little time here and a little time there, I can just scenic it out. But um, my next building that I'm going to do is, I was planning on, I bought that boxing, the J.J. Hollander's boxing. And I'm building that next. I mean, I was I was going to get something else next, but I'm going to build that next for sure. Nice, nice. So cool. uh, hopefully I'll have always start that by the end of the weekend. Uh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And once I get a Foscale kit, I go like crazy man on them. They're they're done in a heartbeat. Uh huh. Same with same with the Carolina Craftsman kit. I have uh, I still have that. Newport hardware I'm working on. I started the show. Right. So I had those walls painted, and I, I could probably wrap that one up this in the next week or two here so those things that what i have been working on is painting figures i painted some figures this week uh there's some photos of them as well up there i went with uh, uh some dock workers they turned out really really cool um i've been working on the figures i've been trying to work with the different skin tones uh some lighter skin some darker skin uh, some you know different tan like suntan guys and muscle bound dudes and that kind of thing. So I mean it's pretty neat. You kind of yeah because everybody sees these figures and they all seem to have the same skin tone. You ever notice that? Yeah. It's like well why is that you know and uh, why well, mix it up a little bit man. Not everybody is the same. Not everybody has the same tone man. I mean change it. Yeah you know, I don't want to look at I don't want to look at everybody looking like. The Stepford wives. So, <laughs> but, um, so I did that and I painted some, uh, resin boxes, uh, that I got from Rusty Rails. He has a really cool kit, uh, well, it's a, a collection of boxes at a relatively cheap price. I think it's under 10 bucks and you get like a ton of boxes. I think it's like $8 or something like that. And you get like, I don't know, it was like four, 35, 40 boxes and they're wooden crates. Uh, that when I say boxes or wooden crates, and they have um, they're they're just super super nice and detailed. It's resin cast, of course. Right. So I painted them, and what I did was I I basically all I had to do was I spray painted them with the uh, the khaki colored um, uh, camouflage by Rustoleum. And I and I once I spray painted them with the, you know got a, a regular coat on not too heavy you don't want to take the detail away um, and then uh, then I put them in, and dunked them into um, after they dried of course dunked them into the uh, black India ink wash uh, twice I let that dry and I dunked them a second time 
and that draws out the, the wood turns and wood grain that's that's actually cast in the resin. And then I took um, a it's an off white, which I use when I use an off white for dry brushing to bring the highlights out. I use antique white by Apple Barrel, and I use that on it and take almost all the paint out. When I say dry brush, I mean you're on this you're virtually lifting out almost all the ink, all the ink, all the paint you possibly can out of your brush, and then dry brush it, and it just highlights a little bit of white edge on on the crates mm-hmm. they turn out awesome there's a photo up of how they turned out um and that's all i did it was rust-oleum paint dipped in india ink wash twice let it dry each time and then dry brush with the antique white apple barrel and they turned out like amazing boxes nice so yeah it turned out good so um i'm doing a lot of detail parts like that little small parts and and some of the figures yeah these things you buy and you, you collect them and and um, and there's a trick to that, you know. And I, I don't want to take a lot of our time here, but there's a trick to getting that stuff done. You always do the building, and you go, "Oh man, I got all these detailed parts now. I got to hand paint them all." Okay. Well, here's the easier way that I found, and that is, it, it, first of all, it's real easy to start having hordes of this stuff in boxes and crates uh, in your little storage containers and stuff like that. And once you put them in those storage containers, you sometimes forget that they're there. Right. You ever get that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, as I got these little compartmentalized uh, storage containers, and I'll put the detail parts in. Well, what I've been doing now, especially when I'm doing a diorama like this, I need a lot of little small detail parts. I start going through and picking out all the parts I think I'm going to possibly use. More parts than what I probably will use. Okay. Put them in uh, some kind of container so they don't get lost because they're very small. Okay, but that you know that that's where all the parts for this diorama or this building is going to go. And then in between, when you're letting things dry, like your walls are drying or your, you know, your roof is drying from whatever you painted or whatever. I don't know. Your glue's drying when you're putting your walls assembly together. Um, start grab a couple of the castings and start painting some up. Yeah. You know, and you're killing that time in between. The next thing you know. You paint them all, too, man. Paint everything you got in between the whole way through. And by the time you get to the end of the model, you have a pile of that stuff already painted, ready to rock. And then you can just start placing the stuff on, and it makes the finish-up job so much more fun because you're on a roll with it. And you don't have to stop and go, okay, i got to paint this. How many more of these do i got to paint? Uh, I'm only going to add a couple more because I can't – I'm <laughs> tired of painting. This way you're not, you're not at that point, you know? Right. And it, it – and if you're working on this model, or it, just because it's for this model, don't have to stop it. It just, you know, anytime you have some downtime in between uh, kits or different projects that you're working on, just grab some, even if they're not for that kit, and just start painting some up for a couple minutes and, and get them done. And then store them away somewhere already done. You know, so that's, a, that's the easiest way, man. Nice. That's it. I'm sorry. That's oh. what I've been doing. That's okay. Yeah. You need a break for a second? I do. Well, you know what? we got to fill some time here, so I'm, I want to, you know, I'm whatever. kidding. I'm kidding. All right. All right. Um, so let's jump into our patron questions here, and then we'll swing back around, and we'll do some, some sure. other fun and stuff. And by the way, I got some uh, I got some guests coming in the next uh, – uh, we may even have some in, in the – right before the holidays. Okay. So, nice. Um, yeah. Okay. Definitely, uh, definitely a lineup in in uh, January. January. Okay. 
All right. Well, here we go. We're going to jump into our patron, whatever we call this now, our patron mailbag. We'll call it that. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. We're all into naming our segments now. Uh, we're going to do with the first one here. Jake Johnson, talk about scratch building and designing structures that are similar quality to your favorite kits. Um, talk about their consumption of details and clutter or composition of details and clutter. Tell us about some scenic products that you're using on the layout. Best, uh, anyways, that the last comment is not for anything. Um, well, let's take a piecemeal. What? It's a Molly Park. Question. It's a Molly Park question. So the first one, let's talk about <laughs> scratch building and designing structures that are similar quality to your favorite kits. Well, the key to that, and you can chime in on this too, Dad, is working with the same materials that they cut these kits out of um, when you're scratch building. Yeah. Uh, you want to make sure you have the northeastern scale lumber or you have the um I forget what the name of that other one is but yeah that you buy Mount the, Albert Mount Albert yeah you buy the right scale lumber you're the one thing I I think I know I've done it and I've seen a couple other people doing it and complaining about it is they buy cheap um like cheap bracing material, cheap scale lumber yeah. from like Michaels. They're buying balsa and not basswood. Uh, you got to make sure you're not using like your bracing with balsa strips because they, yeah. they're in the same section and they cut them to the same dimensions, but they are vastly different, vastly different uh, oh, yeah. as, far, as far as like trim and, and bracing materials. So mm-hmm. that is a monstrous no, no, don't do that. Cause I've done it. I bought the wrong stuff and got home and I'm like, shit, I got yeah. balsa wood. Like this is the equivalent of like <laughs> balsa woods, like making a structure out of styrofoam peanuts. Like it just starts popping and cracking it on you. <laughs> it's terrible. Well, it always breaks. You ever <laughs> notice you should learn this lesson when we're, when we're young kids, especially if you're a boy, um, especially if you're older. And I don't know if you remember this. If they had these when you were little, or if I bought one. Uh, those airplanes, yeah, those balsa airplanes with the with the rubber band. Yeah, and you you know, you you know when build you build them, you build them, and then you wind it up, and you, you keep and winding you, it. Yeah, and then and what happened? It uh, it breaks. It breaks. Because what happens is what happens is you you. You start out and you wind it like 10 times and it doesn't fly yeah. as far as you want it to. Then you wind it. You see how far you can wind it because you want it to go faster and farther. And right. eventually you wind it too much and the whole thing implodes on itself. No, and they used to make these things when I was younger. They were just gliders. And you would cut the balsa out. It was a flat sheet of balsa, thin balsa. It was thin. And it would have like, it, like <laughs> printed, printed on top of the balsa. It had like red print. was... Yeah, it had like uh, wings and stuff. You yeah. slide the pieces together with slots, and then you'd throw it. And you could put like a weight on the front, and it would give it. You know, it had that little plastic. It had that little. Did. It had that little plastic nose that tip you put yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all, <laughs> the, all that the balsa, all that the little weight that they had on the, on the that you put on the bottom of it then would sink the son of a bitch harder to the ground. It would hit, it hit the hit the ground harder. And what happened when that happened? It would break. The wood split, man. Yeah. So you'd have like half a wing falling off, but you'd still keep throwing it on the side of a gun until there's nothing left. You tape it together. And, and, the, and the plastic nose cone did the same thing because it fit over top. And then what it did was when the nose cone hit this, whatever surface it was, whether it be at the ground or a wall, the, the reverberation from hitting it, the, the recoil, yeah, it cracked the damn wood. 
Oh, that man. Those were high-quality pieces of engineering right there. Well, so when you go to – people always ask me when they're – you know, they don't know this hobby. They're like, do you build them out of balsa wood? Is that balsa wood? If it was balsa wood, man, I would have busted this thing with my fist a hundred times over and never, and got right out of the hobby. I would never built anything with balsa wood in my life. Yeah. It is it is trash wood for what kind of tree does it come from? I guess a balsa tree. Balsa wood. What is balsa? I don't know. I don't look it up. I don't know, but I wouldn't want to put one near my house. I know. If it's if they snap if it snaps like that. The ochroma is a genus of flowering plants in the mallow family. Where the hell's it found? I'm 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 looking it up. That tree has got to be like in in a where there's no wind. Yeah, because the wind comes and it's snapping, it's coming through your house. It won't even, it won't even go through the house because it'll break up into about five pieces and lay in your yard. It'll it'll probably put a little dent in your in your originally. Wow, I'm sorry, we're getting way off topic here, but that's why you guys listen. <laughs> Balsa is one of the lightest varieties of wood available, but not yeah. the absolute lightest. It's remarkably strong for its weight, however. The ori- yeah, right. ori- original, yeah, I know. It's remarkably strong for its weight, like for if ants are building a bridge with it. <laughs> and even they're walking across it, like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be on that thing. Did you hear about that guy at Disney? Your bread crumb better not weigh more than a quarter of an ounce. Did you hear about that guy at Disney, Dad? I bet, oh man, this I, I, this is going way off in the left field here. There was that guy that took his family to Disney like a couple weeks ago. And he was walking across a, like a bridge with planks on it, wow. and his kids didn't want to cross it, so he walked out to the middle of it and was like trying to show him how strong the bridge was. So he started jumping up and down, and he broke through the bridge and fell three stories into like a an animal pit. Oh no! <laughs> he he was okay. He was okay. But what kind of an animal? Pit? <laughs> I don't know. It must not have been very aggressive. Yeah. Well, it's either that or remember the guy that got like, no, but taken think, into the water by an alligator. No, but think about Disney? think about this. You're 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 like trying to show your kids like no, it's okay. You can trust this bridge, and you start <laughs> jumping on it, and you fall through three stories. Three stories. Yeah, and he was he was okay. He, he, they took him to the hospital. He walked out. He was fine. But like oh, they must have made that out of balsa. Anyways. <laughs> Oh, We're moving on. Originally, the U.S. military sought out balsa wood as a substitute for cork during World War One, but it soon proved more useful as a lightweight construction material for gliders and shipping containers. Shipping containers? Yeah. Hobbyists also began to work with it because it could be carved <laughs> easily with standards of woodworking tools and bent... You can, into- carve, it. You can carve it with a freaking... You can carve it with a, a rubber knife. I... I- there's nothing you can't. You oh, can well, here's it, why. You cut it with your okay. fingernail. Raw balsa wood has an extremely high moisture content, so it can be so it's stronger before it's dried, and then it's it's dried down to whatever nth percentage in a kiln for two weeks, and that's what makes it become so brittle. Well, they should stop doing that then. <laughs> well, yeah, they should stop doing that. What what kind of shipping container is made out of balsa? I don't know, but I didn't put my product. In. <laughs> Jeez, well, that's your little history lesson for the week, everyone. Yeah. Um, All right, Google. What's next? All right, from yeah, Jake. More, more questions from Jake. Yeah. So, oh, we anyways, were, we were really talking about so so. Let's talk really quick about designing it because we didn't really get into that. Designing it yeah. for me, Jake, um, and anyone listening, 
I take a different approach. I like to just find some pictures of stuff I like and kind of mash them together. I haven't done as, you know what? I haven't done a scratch build in so long. I kind of want to do a little one, but, um, I don't really have a process for design other than making sure it adheres to like the correct proportions of like story heights and stuff. Yeah. And I, my whole design process is finding on like Sharpie or on Pinterest, some pictures of some old, old, uh, relevant style buildings and I just kind of like piecemeal parts together and just put together what I want, what I like. Um, but well, we what, are in the process of making it one. So go ahead. I'll yeah. Talk well, to I was going to say the, I see us doing more scratch builds as we run out of room for larger buildings and we fill yeah. in some spots with corners and, and whatnot. Well, your mother. Oh yeah. Is going to scratch build. This is a good story. We're at the ex- expo. And we're sitting around there, and for years uh, I've been trying to talk to her into because she's crafty and good with stuff like that, and artistic. Um, I thought it would be, you know, good to try, see if maybe she'd be interested in doing this hobby and getting into it with me. Well, I always got the negative on that. But at, at the craft show, Brett and I were sitting there at the uh, the show at uh, at Timonium at the Craftsman Courtyard. Uh, she, my wife was there all weekend with us, and uh, she says. I want, she saw the model contest and everything else, and she goes, I want to build a, a scratch built building, a uh, historic building from Gettysburg. Mm-hmm. And I was like, she goes, can you guys teach me how to do it? Remember that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, really? So now I'm like excited about this. So she's apparently too. So we went down to Gettysburg and we found the, the building that she wants to do, and we took all these photos of it. And um, we're going to draw it out. I'm going to show her how we do that uh, from, you know, draw it out to scale. Right. And then we're going to have some, gonna, I talked to somebody who's going to laser cut the walls for me. That's going to be fun. Uh, and because uh, there's some specific brick walls that we have to do. And um, so that person is going to definitely help me out with that. And um, we're going to get on it. Now, one of the prerequisites, because she's never done any scratch building or any building of that matter for any kind. I have a couple um, smaller building kits. You're going to have her do that them? Are, yeah, I told her before I teach her how to do one, she's going to build nice. a smaller kit. She picked the one that she wants to do. I have like three of them up here. And we don't have enough. And um, Yeah, right. And um, so she's going to do a smaller one, and I'm going to teach her some of the basic fundamentals of, of uh, building a kit. Nice. So she can get the ideas uh, when we're trying to assemble the scratch build. The fundamental. So, yeah, but, you know, one is going to really? feed and teach the other. Really? Yeah. The difference between a scratch build, and we've talked about this, we've said this a couple times, the difference between a scratch build and a uh, kit is just, right. you just got to know how to cut the walls. And know right. how, like, you got to, the only difference is, like, if you, I, I solely believe if you can build a couple, not high-end craftsman kits, you don't have to go buy a terminal yes. or, or right. uh, three, I mean, those guys would love it if you bought a $300 kit, but right. once you get away from like the, the, the rectangle or the square buildings and you build a mm-hmm. few buildings with some odd corners in them and some different roof lines, you already have all the, all the knowledge of how to assemble them. Right. It's really just learning the, learning an, an odd shaped structure and how it goes together. And once you throw a couple kits together, Yep. You can pick up some scale lumber, like from Mount Albert oh, or from yeah. Northeastern, and start cutting and use some of the use some of the kits that you got as inspiration for design. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. Because once you know how to, once you know how to assemble them, once you got yep. the walls cut They're out, all for, the same. once you got the walls cut out for your scratch build, and you kind of dry assemble it. I like to use uh, little painters tape squares in the corners of the building yeah. before yeah. I do any bracing or anything. That way, I make yeah. sure it it's held together just with tape. Um, yeah. And some people use cereal boxes too. That's a great idea. Uh, a lot of our guests have talked about that before. That that design kits. Um, yeah. I think Mind Mount does that too. He'll build a whole box out of like cereal box cardboard. Um, I mean, a whole kit out of out of cereal box cardboard before he cuts it yeah. on the laser, a whole bunch of wood, just to see how it looks with just cardboard. And then, yeah, great idea. And then you can use that as a stencil on your scale lumber and just trace yeah. it. You don't need a laser. You can just trace yeah. out that wall, and then then you cut it. Then then you're not cutting expensive scale lumber and ruining it. Right, right, right. So anyway, she's gonna do that, yeah. And um, she, she's gonna enter into the next Craftsman Courtyard. Nice, nice. Said. And uh, but I'm not gonna build it. I'm gonna I'm gonna instruct her on yeah, how to do it. Yeah. And um, help her out. I want her to. I want to help her out. But she's gonna do it. And uh, well, she's. We I'm got, impressed. We uh, got the materials for it. So it's a it's a really cool structure. It's a, it, it saw a lot of heavy action in the actual Battle of Gaysburg. She's gonna put town. the bullet holes and stuff in it too. On this one, yeah. yeah. On this particular one, yeah. That's gonna be awesome. It actually, if you go to that building today, it has it has. Uh, the actual uh, mini ball uh, holes in the brick where the you know where it got shot up. Yeah. But, uh, on Sorry, that, not on, bullets. On the, one, on the ones, yeah, on the one side of the building, uh, it, it, it faced uh, East Cemetery Hill. It took a lot of it took a lot of. Uh, it got some. It saw some stuff. Action, yeah. So nice, Sharpshooter nice. stuff, yeah. Well, that's kind of the design. We don't really have a patented design process. I don't think anyone does. But I even went. I even went to the owner of the building who owns it now. Um, yeah, the restaurant. At the Farnsworth House. Yeah. And um, I actually was walking around the building taking pictures, and I guess he, he's this older fella and he's a nice guy. And uh, he took me into the store. It, they have like a gift shop store, and they have a book for sale there. And he gave me a copy of the book, and it has like some of the photos and things. I in wonder it. if you could get some um, like, and, um, like blueprint plans of the building. Well, is it a public? It, is it, it a publicly restore? Is it a publicly safe no, building? Because if it no. is, it's not. It's privately owned. Okay, well, I was gonna say if it was under like the public whatever, then no. it's got to be know. part of the historical society there. Oh, sure it is. I wonder but, if you could get that. I don't know. Anyway, what's funny is the brick side, the brick part of that building. Everybody talks. You know, we all see. Yeah. The first thing you see, that wasn't um, the first original. It was there during the war, but it wasn't uh, during the battle. But it wasn't the first part of that structure. The first part of that structure was a wooden, smaller structure behind it. Oh wow! So, yeah, I never knew that. It was built. The brick part was built after. Very cool. And uh, it's the most prominent part of the house, but it's a, it's a brick book. Yeah. Well, was, it was it was cool. If you guys so. are ever in Gettysburg, one hit us up yeah. because we'd like yeah. to know you're in and out down there. We can meet up with you. And two, uh, check out the Farnsworth House. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Check and out the, check out the architecture well, of the town in general because yeah, it is crazy. Really cool. It's it awesome. Is. It's it's so yeah, that one. It's it's so well preserved in most parts that it's mm-hmm. almost like it was when you look at old photos of like the street photos of the yeah. of the town after war. Yeah. The you can hold a photo up, and now the streets are different. But you yeah. can hold a photo up looking down the street and see most of the original structures where they are now. Keep in mind, a lot of them now have siding, and they've been remodeling the exterior like 
with new roofs and new siding and new yep. windows yep. and storefronts, but the buildings are there. You can match the peaks of the roofs up. You can, I mean, it's, it's oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, there's so many that could be done down there. It's unreal. And, um, now we're doing the city block. We're doing this t- in town block. Uh, square. So it won't just be, Oh no, no you're going to do the block. Are you going to do the, the, block, the twin the sycamores the house on, and the twin sycamores across the street. So we took photos of both. Nice. And the twin sycamores is named after two, huge twin sycamores that sat in the front in the front yard of this house along the street side um they're humongous trees only one remains there uh they were are what they call witness trees in gettysburg because they witnessed the actual battle yeah uh, they are that old and they are that huge they're giant sycamores one came down in a lightning storm and uh and or or a thunderstorm or whatever and lightning yeah. hit it um, recently, within the last 10, I guess 10 or 15 years, and the other one still remains. That Both those buildings, the Farnsworth House and the uh, Twin Sycamores building, which is uh, called the George Weinbrenner House. I think it's the Weinbrenner House. The official name, I think yeah. that's what it's called. And um, those two houses are um, both, uh, both saw action. They have bullet mark hole, uh, pot marks on the side. Oh, yeah. Uh, from the mini balls, and wow. then of course they have. Um, but anyways, there was a third twin sycamore, uh, a third tw- sycamore tree just up from that, and uh, Lincoln stood by that on his walk up through town to give the Gettysburg Address, and his photo was taken by it. So nice. That still stands. That's another witness tree. Yeah, it's wow. cool. We're gonna do the whole block area, which would be cool. Very cool. Well, that's not really a scratch building, so let's continue on just yes, yes, it will be twenty minute answer. No, I know, but I mean oh, the, okay. the, the history lesson there. But all right. all right, talk about composition of details and clutter, and we're going to lump that in also with any scenic stuff that you you put around the layout around the buildings that we do. Oh yeah, yeah. So details, clutter, and scenery. So what you, what you want to know about it? Just talk about how we add details and clutter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really depending wholly on the structure and where it is and what you're doing. But, you know, the one thing I noticed that we don't do a lot of and that we should, and and I know I think you started doing it on some of yours, is like trash and like dirt and stuff piling up in corners. And I've been doing that a lot yeah, lately. Yeah, we've been doing it more. Yep. But you do that, um, you know, you, you just have to make sure it looks like it was – real i mean you don't want this like uh pristine unless it's a brand new building it's gonna have like corners that are dirty and and stuff stuck in like stuff stuck in storage areas and and piles of junk in back alleys and right and 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 it's gotta be appropriate to the business or whatever right right you're not gonna put a pile of crates out in front of a barbershop like it's just not gonna be like that but uh it's it's really a dependent. Shop with a industrial paint mixer in the front, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna make sense unless yeah. it's a barbershop that also mixes paint. But right, you know, right. you never right. know. Right. Um, I really um, think the detail parts is just dependent completely on the building. But all of the guys we've talked to that make detail parts, and of all of the resources that are available for detail parts that are out there, I mean, you cannot, you cannot. There's always there's you can something fill it. you can you can you yeah. can find something to suit the need. Right. Yeah. So um, it's cool to mix up like some weird stuff, you know, hidden underneath uh, 
a set of stairwell, uh, like a one, one of those enclosed stairwells comes down the side of the building. Yeah. Put some trash under it, like a, a you know, an old style piano that got stored away underneath there because they didn't know what else to do with it, you know, that kind of thing, you know. It, it put that outside of a bar. So an old piano didn't work no more or whatever. Um, uh, uh, um, a couple busted chairs. Or I really like the, the, the table scenes. Um, yeah. I think that's best castings has those too. They're yeah. like, they're like scenes where they yeah, they have like a gambling table yeah. with like cards and bottles on it and yep. throw some of that stuff around there and back alleys and make it, oh, yeah. make it seedy looking or whatever. You know, that, that's all, that's always cool to see. And clump a couple unusual things together, you know, put some crates in, but then put a couple pieces of machinery in or, um, like old rusted machinery or, um, I went to the flea market a couple weeks ago or that was about a month ago, actually. And all I did that day was walk around and bought up. I spent a total of $7 and I bought up a whole mess of old watches. I don't even know if they worked, you know? Yeah. They were, I think I bought like, I don't know, I think I, for $7, I think I got like 12 watches, okay? And um, I brought them home. You got to make sure that they're ones that are a little older yeah. and they have watch parts in them. <coughs> I opened them up and I started disassembling them and I started taking the gears out of them. And I got like a little vial full of these watch part gears and you just rust them up and lay them around and, and uh, they make great looking gears, that type of thing. Um, mix it up. You, you know, can also get on. Bags. You can also get on eBay and buy bags of gears, old, oh, yeah, yeah, old brass gears. <coughs> yeah, you could do that. Some of them are too big, but yeah. a lot of them you can use. Um, yeah, you can use on anything. Yeah, Mach- right. machine and, areas. Right, and then put them on, and uh, there's all kinds of junky things you can put together. Just mix, mash them together, you know, and and keep it appropriate height. Like you don't want to put when I put like a, a clutter, you talk about clutter. I don't want to put like a giant crate in front of some smaller things that you can't see if you're looking directly at it. You got to be able to position them so where you're looking small to big to medium, you know, in between and kind of randomize it so you can view everything from certain angles. Right. Um, you know, because it's real easy to bury some of the stuff from view. And then what's the point at that point, you know? Right. But uh, it's neat to mix it up with some you know, uh, different unusual items, too. Like, you know, have a couple crates and some, I was I was going to say uh, before you were talking there, that crates and uh, some sandbags and um, maybe um, a couple cardboard boxes. And then I put a toilet there, like an old busted up toilet, you know? Or, uh, you did that uh, on uh, the 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 garage you did. Yeah, I stuck that in the middle of the toilet, in the middle of the field. Some, yeah, well, there was some other junk around it, but mainly it was a toilet out there. Yeah, and it, and I yeah I made it all like rusty looking. Well, not rusty looking, but some crud and dirt on the. Those side aren't rust streaks, boys. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, just, you know, be creative and think about your what you're putting down. It doesn't have to make total sense. Um, it has to be, you know, there has to be a, a logical reason for why it would be there. Mm-hmm. But but then you can have that one odd random thing where there is no reason for it being there. Yeah, you know, throw it out. One or two throw it things. in there and when people see it, they're like, yeah. whoa, whoa, what's that? Yeah. 
Somebody, so. I think it was a Fuscali, Dunk Fuscali model, or somebody had one I saw, and they had like a bicycle on the roof. Yeah. And I'm like, what, what the, but you know, it's that weird little thing. So why would there be a bicycle on the roof? But it's there, you know? And uh, that's kind of funny. And, you know, but it makes you wonder and makes you think. And somebody will ask a question about it, you know? But, yeah, uh, you said about trash, yeah. newspapers, uh, wrinkled up newspapers. Um, and that you can just or, make with, you don't even have to have the print on the newspaper. Yeah. You can uh, just, just sa- save, save like paper from instructions or old, if you clipped out yeah. signs from a, from a yeah. sheet of signs, clip tiny little yeah. squares out. And throw crumpled up newspapers in places. I did that on the. Stain them. with your AI solution. I did that with um, a desk that was inside of uh, the Assassin Vinegar Works. There's like a new construction part, and there's a desk in there. So I clipped out some papers from the corner of the instruction sheet and just glued little tiny squares of paper like they're sitting on the desk because desk needs some paper. I know my desk at work has papers on it, so. Um, one of the great tips that I had from Kathy Millot, uh, Millet, is it Millet? Millet. Millet. She was on our show. Millet. Okay. On our show. And we had her on and, but also in one of her videos, she talks about it. And we talked about it on the show as well is, uh, she has, it's like, it's like trash, well, a paper trash. Um, so she just took some candy bar wrappers and things that she had in her own trash and I took them to her workbench and just chopped them up with a with a razor blade into little tiny itty bitty tiny pieces, and they're all moldy colored, you know, because you dif- different color schemes to the to different colors to all your candy wrappers, especially um, different types of wrappers, different types of plastics and stuff that they're made out of, and you chop it up into little tiny fine pieces, and she, she kept it in like a little little like a shaker bottle of some kind, and uh, you just sprinkle some out when you need it it's really cool yeah it looks really awesome and there's a video on that go check it out uh on her website uh, on uh, her facebook page or her youtube channel yeah i guess it's her youtube channel yep. so yeah that's awesome that's a great thing to do that was i a, do that now that was and that was an awesome topic yeah. we're gonna move on to the next yeah. one from dan banks we know that you Oh, we know the love that you both have for windows and doors, but what elements of a building are your favorites to design, construct, paint, and weather? Ah. Ah. Mine is the roof. Yeah, you know what? I'm really big on roofs. I, like, I really love a roof. I like We're roofs. both like that. And I also like doing um, – this is new, but I like now to do – and I'm going to do it on more buildings. I like to, to build like – I want to. F- I'm going to try to incorporate this more into other buildings that don't necessarily have it, but I'm going to make it work. Like catwalks and and scrap yeah. scratch built out of just lumber. Uh, yeah. And I have plenty of scrap lumber laying around, like little platforms that have all the beams and stuff in them. And I think that came from me working with this builders and scale kit, where yeah. you're just given a whole pile of lumber. And this Campbell kit that yeah. I'm going to be doing, you just get a whole pile of lumber and. Uh, Take the scrap lumber you have and make a platform, make a dock out of scratch yeah. lumber. Because when they're done and they're glued together and they're weathered and they're done just right, they look like just big, heavy industrial planks and big walkways. And, and you can see the timbers and they just look heavy. and, and they, yeah. I don't know what the word is for it. They just look um, 
almost colossal when they have all that intricate scale lumber in there. It's just so, you get lost in looking at all that. <clears throat> I've been into concrete lately. Oh yeah, I've been, I've been loving to do work with concrete, um, be it um, retaining walls or su- supports, um, that type of thing, um, or loading docks, that type of thing. But I also uh, like. I also one of my true favorite things is still always going to be. The walls, the main wall, the one that's going to catch your attention. It has a big sign printed on it and some vines growing through it and some, you know, some uh, proper weathering that makes it look decrepit and things like that. I like decrepit walls. Uh, I like nice walls, too, but, um, you know, and there's some people that are, uh, you know, people that do not like to see really overly weathered things, Um I, I've gotten away from doing a lot of overweathering. Right, but, we scaled back. Um, but even then, every now and then, you just gotta make something look like you know decrepitly badass. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but I love putting signs on walls and making that you know doing that one wall while it's laying flat before assembly. One I've also I love that part where you look at it and go, okay, how can I make this so when people look at it, they go. Holy cow! I also I like to see that. you were saying That's what that, I like. you were saying that you don't have to overweather um, every part of the building, and we've learned to scale back on that. But what's yeah. really cool to do is if you have a building and you and it has like a back or an out structure or a side attachment, you right. could make like if it say it's a storefront, you could do the storefront up really nice and have it yeah. just a little oh, yeah. light touch of weathering, so it doesn't look like it's brand new. Just a little tiny bit to dull it down and then in the back you could throw like if you build a side shack on it or something or it has a a side structure you can always make that part like a secondary structure just look like over weathered and not over weathered but really weathered and and oh yeah that way like the front of the building they have it nice and then if you go out back it's like now this is where we throw all the junk you know yeah yeah so you can definitely happens all the time you can incorporate various levels of nice to decrepit looking in the same build sure so yeah i mean mean, even if you're even if you're doing like a factory that has uh you know like an i'm thinking of uh i'm doing this paulser's plumbing you could have a section of paulser's plumbing is really kind of two or three buildings depending on how you look at it you could do a part of it where it looks like it's an addition and that looks newer and then the other building looks old like they built they on they built a new part on this old warehouse yeah and, and you know also um you were saying about the back side looking like it's junkier than the front yeah i mean when you think about a business um you know if your business doesn't have a whole lot of time and i gotta make one part of my building i gotta clean up one part of my building what parts that's gonna be the part that the customer sees right so i want that side looking nice for sure I'm going to spend more of my time on that, making sure that my customer has a pleasant experience by uh, the aesthetics of the outside, uh, and then you know you, and then work on the back when you can as far as repairing it. But you might forget about that because you get busy and you don't have time for it, and so the back looks starts looking like a dump, you know. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of businesses are like that. You know, uh, that's common. Okay. Definitely. Um, second part of that is what, what do you find so interesting about the aspect of building itself, like assembling a kit or assembling a, a scratch build? I personally think the most enjoyable part or the most interesting part about it is, uh, when you, 
My favorite part, and I don't know how you are, Dad, when I open up a new kit and you just start to – I can already start to see what it's going to look like before I even – before I even have it apart because I see what the picture is and I I know what it's supposed to look like and I go – Okay, how what am, what's Brett gonna do to this structure? And I, uh, I can envision how it's going to be before I even put paint on it. And for me, that's the most exciting and most interesting part because then you're able to turn something that you visualize in your head into uh, reality. Yeah, and that is also with the scratch build. You know, before I even cut the walls out, mm-hmm. I'm already like getting yeah, excited. Yeah. I'm interested, yeah. and I'm I can I can see my my brainchild becoming a real thing. Yeah, I think the same holds true from the last question for me. I am still my favorite part is still when I'm looking at that wall before it's even painted, and I have it laying flat in front of me, and I'm going okay this wall or this corner or this section of a build, um, this is what I have envisioned. And this is what can I do to make it pop? And now I, in my head, I got these ideas of what I'm going to do or each little area, how I'm going to weather the plant. You know how I am. Yeah. I, I, I have to weather each individual little strip of wood sometimes. I'm just weird like that. But I know what I want out of it. And I love that planning part of it where I can sit there and look at it and envision it and say, okay, this is, this is it. This is how can I make this pop out without looking, you know, gaudy and over, over eye catching, but where people will look at it, especially other modelers. That's our peers are our best. um, In my opinion, our peers are our best judges. And um, to look at it and go, Wow. Look! Look at that! That that's cool, right? You know, that I, that's what I want to do. How can I make this look to where the viewer looks at it and goes, "Wow, I, that that's something else," right? You know? So that's that's my favorite part of any any kit or any build or anything I do, without a doubt. I I agree. It's it's addicting. Yep. yep. All right. Last one, and this might be my favorite. Uh, this could unravel pretty quick, too, from Brian Thompson. He's working on a kit, and through his own self-admitted stupidity, he says, he broke a wall piece right in half. How do you guys handle disasters like this in the middle of a build? Well, Brian, I don't think you're alone, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and uh, just say that I we've all done it. Uh, <laughs> <Many times. laughs> we've all broken a wall we've all snapped walls in half we've all mm-hmm. you know what the my least my, oh, you know what the biggest pain in the ass is when you're when you're trying to do work around a window or a door that's cut out on like the edge of a wall oh yeah and, just, and you know stretch. before you even start to work on it you know before you touch it you're like I'm gonna break that and you try yep. you try your hardest to not break it and, and you break it you break it uh, it's like yeah. it's almost like uh, it's inevitable. It, the wall that wall knows that you are trying to not break it, so it's just gonna it's just gonna snap. Um, and that kit manufacturer sitting there when they designed it, going everybody's gonna break everyone's this. gonna break that piece. <laughs> everybody's gonna break this. I have to put this back on. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, Brian. I mean, I, I think the easiest way to work around um, and handle those kinds of disasters is to first 
I, it's hard when you do it the first couple times because you just paid 150 or whatever for this kit. Yeah. And you're like, ah, shit, I just broke it and I paid all that money for it. But yeah. it's loose together. You in, can match it up yeah. and glue it right back in together. The, you in won't the, even notice. In the instance of your specific issue, breaking a wall, yeah. just a real thin line of wood glue and yep. um, some time. Some time, just put it back together. It'll dry. Now, where it broke, if I can, I try to squeeze in like an extra piece of bracing yeah. to hold it together so I don't break yeah. that piece again. Right. But, the um, side, yeah. yeah it, and once you weather it and paint it or do whatever you're doing with it, then it doesn't even show yeah. up. And try uh, and use as very little glue as possible, yeah, but thin, enough to hold. A thin line. Because if you use too much and any oozes out over that edge, when you go to stain that wall, if you're going to choose unless to you're stain painting that wall, it. unless you're painting it, if you're painting it, it doesn't matter. But if you stain it, your the stain's not gonna get through that glue. Yeah. So you're gonna have you're gonna see the you're gonna see the glue line. Okay. So you don't want to do that. However, you can stain it once you glue it. Wipe it off real quickly, and then take a wet paper towel, dab just the corner end of it in some water, not much. You don't want it soaking wet, and just kind of glide it over that crease where the where the two pieces meet. And just remove any glue that might have seeped out and just take the dry end of the paper towel when they're done yep. and wipe that water off and then let it dry. Yeah. And you should be able to stain it in the future. Yes. And uh, also but never panic and never think it's not. No, fixable. and it's not even a broken wall. It's it's anything. Yeah. Uh we've all done yeah. crap. I've my most recent big F up was uh where I was putting a roof on uh the Sassin one. Yeah. And I I should have done it, and I didn't do it. And then when I went downstairs, I thought it would just dry where it was, and I I knew it was going to do it. But I should have put weights on the roof, uh-huh. on that cardstock because it peeled, it, it curled, um, yeah. and then I had all four corners of the of the roof curling upwards, and yeah. it just looked dumb. And it was peeling off the corners. The corners didn't match. That's one of the other big things I have, um, and I'll get to that one next. But when when you mess up a roof, sometimes the best advice. For for any and this will go off of scratch builders or kit building, go to the store. I know they sell it at some craft stores. You can actually, if you have an old notebook at work or an old uh, spiral notebook or whatever, take yeah. if it's old and you're not going to use it anymore. Take that piece of cardboard off the back of those old notebooks uh, or notepads and yeah. save that cardboard because it's the same stuff. Or save some old cereal boxes and yeah. and granola bar boxes. Oh yeah. And what I do when I goof up a roof, because I've done plenty of roofs terribly, mm-hmm. I just rip that roof off and go get my, go get some cardboard from a cereal box or whatever, spray paint it black so you're not seeing my Lucky Charms or my Tricks cardboard box. Uh, yeah. You're not seeing the, the, the heart stars and horseshoes on the underside of it. And I just spray paint the underside black, put a new roof on it. And sometimes it's best to just... Rip that stuff off and restart. Oh, yeah. And if you run out of material, say you run out of shingles because you already messed up your shingle roof, well then throw a get some black construction paper and just make it into a tar paper roof or. Uh, we'll put tar paper over top of where the shingles yeah, were. Yeah, you know, squeeze some, and, uh, squeeze some tar paper up underneath the shingles because you want to make them yeah. underneath for that that drip edge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's. I mean, and sometimes. When you're done with those bigger mess ups, where you think, "Oh, I just fudged this whole roof up," uh, 
when you throw a second roofing material on to cover up your mess up or you you add um what was one I did? Oh, I broke a wooden window that was a laser cut window. Uh-huh. And uh it wasn't usable. It was bad. And yeah. all I did was got some I got some boards and just boarded up that window. Now it looks even cooler because there's a boarded up window and you would have normally yeah. just had a regular old window in there. So you can improvise. I think the biggest takeaway from I've even made my own I've even made my own window frame yeah. out of some scrap wood. Yeah. You know, I had to cut it very, very, very thin and cut and put this fat this the strips into place and made my own window frame. I've already done it. Yeah. You know? The, um, another you know, another takes, tip takes some time. Another tip from there from another listener was from Dave K. He said, uh, uh, bourbon. Story on Dave bourbon ah. always fixes a uh, mistake, well, too. Well, funny Dave K says that <laughs> because Dave K, Dave Cruiswick, um, will say his name because only, if you go to his Facebook page, which is David's, uh, uh, it's, it's called Dave's Workbench. Yep. And uh, go to his Dave's Workbench and find that page. You'll see he put a post up this week um, of a building he's doing where he did some nail holes. Oh, yeah. And the nail, and I've done it. Too. And um, he, you put nail holes up with your uh, pounce wheel, and you're running your pounce wheel up the wall, and it, it takes a, what we call, the modelers call, a walk. It walks on you, mm-hmm. and it walks away from oh, your sideways. Roll, and it goes just a little bit off. Even if it's just a little bit off, it'll look goofy. And uh, he had one that walked way off. And you know, <laughs> and and he's like, oh, well, and he put a funny comment up about it. I'm not sure exactly what it was. You don't know how many. Dave's an awesome modeler, by the way. Uh-huh. This guy knows his stuff. Well, you know, we'll all test to Dave. And uh, so, you know, he was he was humbly showing everybody, hey, this happens to us. And he was saying that you have to hide, he's going to hide it with another mark that want to hide with vines. I've done it myself, you know, and you have to hide that. You re redo the redo it where it's supposed to go, and then you had to put some binds on the wall to kind of hide the the blemish where the pounce wheel took a walk. I've done that. I don't know how many times I've had it walk on me on different models throughout the years. Um, not every time, of course, but no, you, know, you're, you're, you get into a rhythm and you got a big wall to do, and all of a sudden you're not paying attention and whoop, or it just slides off a little bit. And right? You're, oh man. And even if yeah. you're using like a straight edge or whatever, because I know yeah. I'm, I'm armchair yeah. I'm armchair quarterbacking this mistake. Uh, right. You can always use a metal straight edge or something to yeah. try and keep the pounce wheel on the edge of it. And this isn't just for pounce wheels. You can use a metal straight edge for like yeah. cutting walls with a Zacto knife. Yep. Even if you're using that, though, it's really quick to let the thing slip off to the side, and then you got to uneven oh, yeah. cut. I mean, I even always use that. even using a straight edge, it goes off sometimes. I always use a straight edge, and then I have it go off. Yep. Not always, but I mean, it doesn't always happen to me. But every time it does, I'm using a straight edge. Right. You know, because you need to use that anyways. You don't want to freelance it. But um, you know, it's uh, yeah, and and, and so it's just just let you know that it's not ruined. You can hide it. You can put. You what's can old, actually put. What's the old Howard Zane? <coughs> uh, hide it with a hide bush. Hide it with a bush. Yeah. But you can you can also take like. Um, and a bush can be anything. That doesn't necessarily mean a bush. You can. I did it on uh, this recent kit. Uh, yeah. The one footer for the one walkway. There's a cement footer, uh, and it doesn't fit on the ground 100 percent even. So I yeah. took some old crates and barrels and piled it up around old scrap wood around the edge of that the bottom yeah. of that footer where it's not meeting. 
And now you yeah. can't tell. Now it just looks like the the factory had yeah. had some extra junk and they didn't know where to put it. So they put it in this corner up, up against this one side of the footer. And it's yeah. just a pile of junk and it's hiding a mess up. It's a mess up that I, I goofed yeah. it up and now it's hidden. All right. And, and with, the, with the pounce wheel walk uh, that we were talking about, um, you take some putty or something like that. Uh, well, putty is made for models or wood. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of run it over that, and you can hide that and just kind of very wipe off the excess. Light, very, very, very light. lightly. Uh, yeah, very light. And then you, if you're going to paint it, it doesn't matter anyways. And um, you just lightly go over it. Well, it does matter because if you're doing it on clapboard and you use too much putty, you'll lose your detail. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, I don't want to. You, know, you just do it enough to fill in the hole. Yeah. And then wipe it off. Wipe it off immediately, and then what you've put on usually will fill into those little tiny holes. Yeah. So. Nice. Well, that's the end of our questions. Um, All right. Yeah. Do you have anything well, else? What are you well, listening to this week? Much a... Aha! Well, you go first. I'll pull up what I was listening to. I got some stuff. All right. You go first. Then. All right. Let me get. What my... were you listening to? Let me get my library. This... What? I'm looking at my recents. Yeah, let me get my library up here. I'm, we're doing the same thing at the same time, everyone. Pulling up our history of listens. All right. What was I listening to? Well, I was also listening to that that dinosaur pileup again. I've been listening to him like crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. I was listening to that this week, too. I was also... Oh, that's who I was listening to. Uh, this is not for the kiddies at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I was listening to Richard Cheese. Um, <laughs> yes, his name is Richard Cheese. Um, he's a jazz artist. And he takes popular pop songs and metal songs and um, uh, death metal songs and ACDC and all these other bands. And he sings like like martini jazz versions of those songs. And yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. It could be System of a Down. It could be... Lil Wayne, it could be uh, uh, it could be old MC Hammer songs or or Metallica, and he t- he does a cover of them with his jazz band, and uh, it's funny because you'll hear these metal songs and he's swearing in these like martini martini swing like high society swing jazz songs versions of it, and here he is using these rap song lyrics or whatever in the middle of like a, a cocktail hour type song. So it's funny. The guy's got a funny name. Yeah. Ha ha ha. It's Richard cheese. I won't say the other version of it that you could, yeah. you could, yeah. you know, rename that, but it's all on purpose, but it's funny. It's so funny to listen to. And, oh, yeah. uh, it's a little explicit, but I just got a kick out of it. Cause I love that style of music. And I also love the fact that he mixed like modern songs in with it. So that's it. Right. Well, I've been listening to the Bill Burr, oh, Bill yeah. Burr the Bill Burr Monday morning Thursday afternoon podcast. Yep. That's what, uh, the Bill Burr, uh, the comedian. I've been listening to that and, um, I really like Bill Burr. He's one of my, he's my favorite comedian of all. And, uh, so he just, the guy just makes me laugh. Um, I listen to, he's so, he's so relatable. Like Bill Burr's problems in his stand up specials are like, yeah, yeah, I, I've been there. That one, remember the one where he talked about going yeah. shopping for pumpkins with his girlfriend at the time? Yes, yes. And he's like, "You're shopping for pumpkins," and then the, the women get all excited about pumpkins and blah, 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 blah. oh, look at yeah, this yeah. pumpkin, look at it. And then the, after you're there for a while, you're like, "Yeah, it's a pumpkin. It's great. Whatever. 
It's just a pumpkin. Like, <laughs> it, it, but it's scenarios like that. It's 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 his yeah. comedy is it's. I mean, he swears a little bit, but yeah, you know, it's not over the top. Bro- it's, not, it's not gross comedy. It's not. Yeah, it's not gross, dirty. But, you know, he talks comedy. about he talks about scenarios that like yeah. you could put yourself you could put yeah. yourself in those scenarios and be like, yeah, I I could see myself acting that way. Right. Like it's just funny. So. I've been listening to some Five Finger Death Punch. Oh, nice. And uh, then that one I sent to you, that Texas Hippie Coalition. Oh, yeah, that was uh, good. Dirty Finger song. Yep. And um, so I, I listened to that. But then also, um, what was that? So I'm going back to my. I know this sounds stupid, but uh, recent. Nothing sounds stupid on this podcast anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you'll be debating we've, that. We've crossed that line. Uh, I was listening to Kesha. Oh wow! You ever yeah, heard Kesha? Yeah, I'm not. I'm it, shocked actually that you're listening to her. It was on. Well, it was. It was just on the one of those when you have your music program and you just kind of let it randomly play. Uh huh. And I was like, I like that one song, so I I turned on one of her. Some of her stuff's not really for me, but some of it was kind of funny to listen to. She's funny to listen to when you listen to the lyrics. All right, all right. Um, it's pretty. It's it also is dirty, um, but I wasn't. Uh, I'm shocked a little bit about this. Why is that? I don't picture you ever listening to Kesha. Well, hey, I'm a 14 year old. I'm a 14. Oh yeah, we are 14 year olds, by the way. Apparently, uh, oh, we got the, and some red food. The I minds of... to some red food as well. Nice. All right. But then you know maybe that's it. <laughs> I mix it up, man. I like everything. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So, all right. We're going to wrap this week's episode up. Um, yeah, we are also going to – we need to resume our contest. So, yeah. um, at the end – Yes, let's do that. We'll do a contest. Uh, I'll edit that one into the beginning of this week's episode. Okay. So, uh, when you're listening, there'll be a contest in the beginning. So yeah, we're gonna we'll resume. The, we're gonna resume the contest for the same RiverKits.com kits we were giving away before. We just gotta we yep. gotta give those away again. So resuming the contest. So listen for that. Oh, it's in the beginning. There will be some lives this week. Yeah, I'm gonna go um, live, or I was live by the time you're listening. I was live, yeah. and my dad will be live when. I'm going on live Friday night. Um, I am tonight. not sure the exact time, which will be tonight. While you're listening, if you do that, guys are listening to this on the day it comes out. It'll be tonight. Um, it'll be you know Friday night. I'm thinking probably around nine o'clock. So. Nice. Yep. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that's it. Fine scale freaks. We're done with another one. All right.